The Pathfinder Podcast is presented to you by Ansarado. Ansarado is the modern deal and virtual data room technology designed to make M&A, capital raising, divestments, restructures, and IPOs as simple as possible. Since 2005, Ansarado has been trusted in over 24,000 transactions and powered over $1 trillion worth of deals. Ansarado is a secure space that includes workflow tools, AI-powered data rooms, built-in question and answer and integration frameworks. It's the data room trusted by modern dealmakers. You can start for free today at Ansarada.com. You know I like a winning team, so say it with me, Ansarada.com for your next winning outcome. Welcome to The Pathfinders, the modern dealmaker series brought to you by Ansarada. Now here's your host, Dahani Jones. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pathfinders presented by Ansarada. I'm your host, former NFL player, investor, and entrepreneur, Dahani Jones. Today, I'm joined by Daniel Hyder. As you can tell, he is the master of ceremonies, the, the, the king of the city, the real estate entrepreneur um, that he is. He is an executive vice president and global real estate advisor at TTR Sotheby's International Realty and leader of Hyder, the Washington, D.C. area's preeminent white glove residential real estate concierge. He's here with us today to share some of his deal-making stories, insights into the current real estate market, and if, maybe if we get lucky, some tips on the best type of properties to invest in. Daniel Hyder, welcome. Dahani Jones. What's going on, man? Hey, you know what? I'm just so happy that you're able to join us here on The Pathfinders. And, you know, it's interesting in some of my research, I'm learning all these new things about you. You know, we've known each other for a little bit of time. We spent some you know, moments together, broken bread and, and just gotten to know each other. But I didn't realize that you're born overseas in Italy. That's right. And that your your father was working for the U.S. Naval Criminal Investigation Services. I mean, that's a pretty intense job. I, I, I wonder as we're getting started here, tell us a little bit more about your background that maybe I don't even know. And hmm. how did that experience growing up in Italy and your father having this intense job sort of translate into the move towards real estate or did it even have an effect on it? I think definitely it did. You know, uh, having a peripatetic upbringing where you're used to kind of shifting around and, uh, you know, being in, in, in different places, making new groups of friends definitely bodes towards establishing rapport a lot faster. So I was born in Naples, Italy, which I'm, I'm really proud of. Naples is home to the things that I love the most, the greatest food in the world, pizza, <laughs> and of course, the most premium tailored suiting. So, you know, it, it, that's it's, why uh, you dress so well is <laughs> because your upbringing. Exactly. Well, you know, I can't, I can't say that I, that, that we lived in Naples for too long. I was there until I was four years old. We came back to the D.C. area where my grandfather was born. We're multi-generation Washingtonians in this sort of capital region area. My mom grew up in northern Virginia with her four sisters and her brother uh, in, a, in a small little house in, in Springfield, Virginia. We then moved to Alexandria, Virginia. My parents got divorced when I was small. Uh, small. I don't think I've ever been small, but, but, but uh, younger. And my dad is from Williamsburg, Virginia, and uh, has really traveled ar- around everywhere. So... Uh, I spent my high school career in Mississippi and uh, and back to D.C. So you got Mississippi, you got Maryland, D.C., Virginia, Washingtonian, you got Naples, you got Italy. Where does real estate come into play? Because if I were going down the track of just like the things you love in terms of food and, and fashion, it wouldn't necessarily translate into 
selling people's dreams and allowing them to realize the greatest opportunity of home ownership? Well, you know, those natural affinities towards things that make me feel good is really kind of the bedrock of what I do every single day, right? That's the differentiator of what Hyder represents in, in a very robust market where things have been done a certain way for a long time. And a lot of those, you know, principles that we adhere to are kind of the old fashioned, you know, way of doing business, right? We, we value people, we value the experience, we value things that are great and premium and sometimes simple. So when you get a taste for a lot of different parts of life, you get to you get to adopt and pick and choose things that kind of you you want to embed into your aura and project out. I've I've always loved being uh, somebody who has helped in you know transitions where my friends mm-hmm. needed a little advice and real estate was a pathway for me to 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 be you know an, an important advisor to a lot of families and individuals who are looking to make uh, the right move. And I think that that white glove service and that personal interaction and that concierge way that you mentor and coach people, you know, converts to your success and being and brokering some of the highest residential sales in the capital region. That's where it shows itself. And I, and, and I wonder, what was the first real estate deal that you ever closed and what did you exactly learn from it? The very first real estate deal that I ever closed was a referral from someone who is a partner at a, a big law firm, communications law firm downtown in DC. I was working as a server, as a breakfast server in a restaurant. And this guy used to come into the restaurant every day. So, so when you work as a server, you, you know, for breakfast, you typically work breakfast and lunch, right? So, so he would come in with his business associates at lunch pretty much every day. I got to know him and and I, I I started thinking about you know getting into real estate and I I'd taken a position with this other firm in 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 McLean and so I shared that with him and and he referred me my first deal which was uh, a house in Potomac it was a two and a half million dollar deal you know at the time I was working for free with the the person who I kind of got started with. So uh, I didn't make any money on that deal, but what I what I got was a whole lot more value, which was the experience of you know sort of the technicalities of mm-hmm. you know getting insights and writing a contract and understanding really you know the the level of detail that goes into servicing a client at that level. Because you served breakfast and maybe some lunch at the same time, I just have to ask you: uh, Are you a corned beef hash can mm. person, or are you Ooh. a corned beef hash? cut person hmm. because i think there's a big difference between the two well i'm gonna tell you right now that you know while 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 my background may position me you know as somebody who is super fancy i will tell you right now you give me libby's corned beef hash out of the can okay you want to put that on the skillet all right throw a little butter on there you got to get it nice and brown it's got to be crispy when it comes tell to the them, table it's got to be crispy t- tell them hider tell them hider how then, it's cooked here's here's what i want to do then then I want you to take two delicious farm fresh eggs. Okay? Thank you. Crack them right over the top. And then I want you to steam them until they're over easy and then present it to me. That's it. We are on the same page. Alas, we digress. Yeah. <laughs> but we had to talk about it. Maybe some crusty <laughs> bread, you know, a little sourdough, a little Texas toast yeah. with some bread. All right. All right. Oh, back I like to, that. I like back that. Back to real estate. But I, I, my, my mind just went towards breakfast because I'm a big breakfast fan. But you're, you're the youngest <laughs> Executive Vice President at TTR Sotheby's International in history, right? And yep. I think that 
you know, from that moment when you were working and you had that opportunity, that drive obviously was unwavering. And you just said, look, I just gonna, I'm just going to go after it. It doesn't matter sort of my age, doesn't matter my background, where I'm from, what I like. I just know that I want to do about it. But I know there had to be some challenges that you faced in breaking into the industry. Um, you know, how did you rise to the top so quickly? And what walls did you break down along the way? Number one, I try to never drink my own Kool-Aid too much and get high on my own supply. But so that's what, I'll tell that's, you. That's what, that's what we're here for. You can just drink your own Kool-Aid. Uh, talk about it. You know, I am still breaking through barriers. I'm still just scratching the surface in, in my mind. That's what really kind of pushes me every day is that we feel like we've just gotten started. But, you know, I think one specific instance that I think you'll find meaningful is that when I began my real estate career, I began at a firm called Washington Fine Properties here in, in Washington. That's a, a phenomenal uh, carriage trade brokerage firm, white glove service, you know, really old school mentality across the board. Mm. And when I started there, I was literally the assistant's assistant. Okay. I just told you I was working in a, in a restaurant, working breakfast and lunch, right? But also working as the assistant's assistant in this company. And I went and I met with the owners of the firm and I said, you know, I'd like to be the youngest associate in the firm and this is my plan and this is what I want to do. And they told me that at that specific firm that there was a five to seven year mentee window that I needed to mm. establish before I could actually have my name on a sign, even though it was a licensed real estate agent and had my, my license. And I left that meeting feeling a little discouraged, but confident that I was going to expedite that process. And so, you know, I added and front loaded a ton of value when I didn't know the business sort of aspects of, of uh, you know, the, the paperwork and, and didn't really have a, a, a deep repertoire of clients. You know, I was planning events. I was adding value however I could. I was hosting everybody's open houses. I was doing floor duty. I was showing up every single day. And I'm not talking about Monday through Friday. I'm talking about Monday through Sunday, every single day, making sure that if there was an opportunity that Daniel Hyder was grabbing it. And so, you know, fast forward this story a bunch in two years, I became the youngest associate in the history of that firm, completely broke the mold of their, their mentee process. And, um, and, that, and that was a really good thing for me. And it was a really great thing for them because I thought, I, I, I think that you know, right now, and, and was true back then, that there's a new crest of, of, of folks coming up right now. And mm. the old way of doing business, the old way of real estate you know, is becoming more and more and more and more irrelevant as time goes on. So it's time to pass the baton. Uh, I was fortunate enough that they did that and they gave me the opportunity. And that's a really good example, I, I, I'd say. You got to be able to work in all aspects of the business in order to understand the business. And you got to be willing to go over the top in order to be able to even start at the bottom. And I think that in a lot of ways, some people don't recognize that because it's so easy to figure things out nowadays. And so some of the effort and time and uh, that you need to put into it can, can be overlooked. And you've been able to do that. And I think another thing that you've also been able to do is to incorporate as you're thinking about new, new ways of business is utilizing social media. You know, people call you the millennial king of DC real estate, right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm using all of the terms that I've been able to find <laughs> and source about you, Danny. Okay. And in that, you've been able to master the use of TikTok. So talk a little bit about your embrace of social media and technology in general, because I, I, I feel like it in and of itself changed the game. Yeah, well, you know, the smartphone today 
is what the television was to our parents and what the radio was to our grandparents. So, you know, if you're not fully optimizing your presence on the most relevant machine that every mm. single human being in modern, you know, <laughs> earth has in their pocket at any given time, you're, you're, you're leaving a lot on the table. You're leaving awareness on the table. You're leaving money on the table, you know, uh, con connectivity on the table. And so social media was always a big part of kind of my ethos. I had an evolution that started with my own Instagram account where, you know, of course, when I had limited resources coming up and really all of the eyes were on Facebook and Instagram, I was doing all of the posting myself. It was kind of a, a mashup of my perspectives the way that I view properties, the, the the things that I felt to be relevant, I would curate. And then I got a lot of attention. And then as you know, video started to come into the fold more and it became all about short form video. I was the first person in this mid-Atlantic region to go all in on video. So, mm. you know, I was investing so much money, money that I didn't really even have at the time to make sure that we were standing out, that our clients' properties were positioned in a way that nobody else's were, and that we had an arsenal of, I mean, terabytes and terabytes of premium video content that we could then repurpose, you know, with, with catchy music and interesting transitions. And then that kind of evolved and spun into, you know, doing kind of more over the top, uh, you know, uh, attention grabbing initiatives that, that, that we've done today. And right now, uh, we have the most amount of followers on TikTok for the global real estate industry. So, so it's pretty awesome. We've got really cool people that follow us, you know, a bunch of the shark tank folks follow us. Uh, I think Dahan, even Dahani Jones follows us. So, uh, you know, it's, you know a, it's a pretty big deal. Are there any tips to utilizing TikTok, and is there any sort of methodology or philosophy that you take into consideration when you're staging a house? Because you do really go over the top, and you really do invest in yourself. Uh, frankly, that's the only way to make it. I mean, but I've seen drone shots. I've seen, oh yeah, you know, luxury automobile shots. I've seen high heel shots. I've seen premier suits. I feel like some of your history is coming back into those TikTok videos. But, you know, luckily for me, real estate has not only been an avenue to, you know, build, build a brand and, and, and to make a good living, but it's also been a creative outlet for me. And, and it's become, you know, uh, such a, a source of infotainment for millions of people with, mm. you know, the popularity of shows like Million Dollar Listing and, you know, HGTV and, and, and all of these mediums that showcase what it is that we do and kind of give it a, a, a sexy spin. Trust me, not every day in this world is as sexy as, you know, a Lamborghini and a Aston Martin and a, a big glamorous shoot. But, but I'll tell you that in, in the world of, positioning homes on the digital front, which is the most relevant front today. It's not a print ad. It's not, you know, the syndication on, you know, various other platforms. It's how people perceive your home through the screens of their smartphone and their laptops and their desktops. And, and, and I think we do a really good job of that. So I think our advantage is and was that most folks in the market think that TikTok is just this erroneous layer of, you know, little girls doing belly dances and have absolutely no idea how incredibly powerful and valuable this has become. I can take a 15 second video of your house to Honey Jones and guarantee you, and nobody else can do this in the mid-Atlantic. Nobody else can do this in the world on TikTok. I can guarantee you that at minimum, you're going to get hundreds of thousands of views. 
Some of our views reach over 25, 26, 27 million views. So think about that. If you quantify that amount of people, this is huge reach. And so my philosophy is that the most popular listings win. And it is a popularity contest. And in that, you know, instance, I guess, you know, if you've seen Mean Girls, I'm Regina George. (laughs) (laughs) For those that haven't seen the movie, go out there and watch it. Danny will be starring. In you the, haven't in the seen next... it, have you? I don't even know who Regina George is. I'm really disappointed I, I, in you. I, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I'll catch up. I, I, I will fill you in after this. We'll have a whole tutorial. I'll, I'll break it down for you. The Pathfinders podcast is presented to you by Ansarada. Ansarada is the modern deal in virtual data room technology designed to make M&A, capital raising, divestments, restructures, and IPOs as simple as possible. Ansarada has just launched Freemium with the world's first online data room quote. Now you can get a free data room and quote in just three clicks and just 15 seconds. There's no need to wait. Get your room open straight away, no matter what stage you're at. Deal marketing, deal preparation, or due diligence. And here's the best bit. Usage fees only start when the deal goes live. All the top M&A firms and investment banks are jumping on it. That's because there is no risk, just reward. Pretty cool, right? Check it out at ensarada.com slash quote. You know I like a winning team, so say it with me, ensarada.com for your next winning outcome. So how do you find your clients? Because, you know, if everybody were to know that Danny Hyder has millions upon millions of followers, I, I just feel like they just could come from anywhere. But you are talking about the competitive nature of the business. Sure. And, and you know, whether we're talking about luxury properties Um, or any properties. I mean, it's competitive. So how do you kind of, you know, find your way through the crowd? Well, I'm really glad that you asked that question because it's giving me an opportunity to talk about what the cornerstone of my business has and will always be. And that is, you know, we serve people at an exceptionally high level and not only in, in our, in our tact and in negotiating and presenting, you know, homes appropriately and and having a, you know, a, a bolstered, uh, recent track record of selling luxury homes, it's relationships that make my business mm-hmm. go round. And, you know, the, the the folks that look at our our property marketing that see these big mansions and, and beautiful opportunities, you know, I don't think they think about where the trust level comes from in order to even present a home like that. And so that is built on relationships. It's built on a level of bona fide performance you know, in real estate, every single thing that we do is recorded, right? Mm. Every single thing that we do is published. So you yep. can literally go online and look at every, since the beginning of, of my career, everything that I've ever sold. So, you know, and every transaction that we do is just an expression of an immense amount of trust that families put in our lap to get the job done for them. And so we take that really seriously. And the vast majority of our clients, people wouldn't believe, comes to us by way of referral. It comes from the folks that we've helped for, for, for years and years and years. Sometimes, you know, it's our friends that refer us someone. Sometimes it's somebody who we meet, um, you know, in a, in a retail environment. One of my biggest clients came to me because she worked in a retail store and just you know, we liked each other. She, she, she felt that, that, you know, uh, that they would be served well with me. I was just referred a $7 million client from my personal trainer. People make the world go around. And, and, and our, our, you know, I think what's really caused our business to 
you know, ascend very quickly in the eyes of, you know, I guess the standard um, mm. is that not only are we uh, expert marketers and have a big presence on kind of the digital front, but but the meat and potatoes of our business, the 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 the, the data, the the grunt work, the things that aren't glamorous, those are the things that are on point, and that's really what makes this all possible. Relationships matter, flat out. Period. I mean, if you if you don't Always. understand that, then you won't necessarily have a business. But you get Always. that. Um, and I think that in that relationship and in that transaction, um, where it's one of the biggest moments in somebody's life, and it doesn't matter if you're paying a hundred thousand dollars, if you're paying a hundred million dollars, that is one of the biggest transactions that any one person or, or family or, or partnership will, will invest in. And so how has, you know, your deal making mindset helped you in negotiating on behalf of your buyer or seller? Well, uh, I always, when, when, if I'm, if I'm negotiating for a purchaser, I always think in the corner of my mind that this is going to be my listing in an average of four to seven years. I'm going to be marketing this home and I'm going to be, you know, looking through a comp deck uh, and a data set with the sellers that I'm representing. And I want to be confident about, you know, where they acquired it. And obviously, we can't control the market, right? There are going to be peaks mm-hmm. and valleys, but, 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 but I, I think what, what really helps us is, you know, keeping in mind that, that, that to your point, this is the most important decision that people make. And we're never cavalier with people's money. And, and, you know, the thing about a real estate agent that I really want to get across to folks, because with Zillow and all of these kind of third-party portals, there is this, there is this um, notion from, a, a, you know, a growing notion of people in America that think that real estate agents are this commodity, that it's just a middleman that shows up and they don't really do much. And you know what? That, that, that's a really bad way to, to, to look at what it is that we do, because most people, especially in a market that's tough and rough mm-hmm. and tumble like Washington, need to know that an, a, a real estate agent is essentially like an attorney without the, without the law degree. We're writing mm-hmm. these contracts. We're coming up with specific addendum language. We're, 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 we're strategizing. We're asking important questions. We're trying to build instant rapport. We're trying to control every single variable that we can so that we can represent, you know, our, our judiciary obligation to the folks that we uh, get to work with every single day at a maximum level. And so, you know, negotiating is, is, is what we do, you know, all day, every day. You know, we wear a lot of different hats. We're private investigators, we're attorneys, you know, we're interior designers, we're therapists, we're, you know, we're, we're you know, kind of uh, life transition experts, I would say. And, and that's why, you know, when you go to danielheider.com and you watch our, our introductory video, I really wanted that to speak to what our ethos really is. And at the end, you see these words that flash on the screen and it says your home is just a start. And what mm. I meant by that is that Buying the home with us is just a byproduct of a real relationship that's been built. Our relationship mm-hmm. begins <laughs> way after the settlement table, right? We're, we're, we're here to facilitate things for our clients that go above the common realm um, of, you know, typical real estate services. And it's that team, right? Oh, that's, that's what team. ultimately makes it go around. I mean, I know from the NFL, you know, I can't be successful unless those that are around me are working together um, in order to be able to kind of move towards the goal, our common goal. And, you know, that's 
what the game essentially taught me. So how have you picked your team of your professionals and, you know, how have you set your, your benchmarks, especially in the Washington region? I mean, you sold Mike Tyson's house. I mean, I've seen some of the amazing properties that you've done, but it really does come back to your, your team. So how did you assemble your team and how do you all work so well together? You know, I used this analogy the other day and everybody kind of got a chuckle. I assembled my team like I've just purchased the most unbelievable home and I am furnishing that home with the most impeccable furniture. And you know, you can't just go to Marlowe. You can't just go to, you know, you can't just go to these discount, you know, you can't go to Restoration Hardware and just buy all of your furniture there. Wait, wait, wait. Right? There's Restoration not a, there's Hardware no, there's no has, first of all, that cloud couch is amazing. Oh, it's my favorite couch in the world. Okay. And by right, the way, so, just, just so, so you know, just behind that, me, the chair that, that I'm, the chair, no, 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 no. The chair that I'm sitting in is from Restoration Hardware. The couch behind me is from Restoration Hardware. The lamps are from Restoration Hardware. I have a lot of Restoration Hardware. My desk that this laptop is on is from Restoration Hardware. It's not a dig at Restoration Hardware. But if you ask my friend Daryl Carter, he calls it furniture by the pound. My point is, is that when you're furnishing an exquisite residence, right, it's curated. It's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of this, it's a little bit of that, and it strikes a perfect balance. And, you know, I, I would rather have the perfect pieces and, you know, by parallel, the perfect people than have a bunch of kind of folks who can just fog a mirror. And so I've gone about my, my you know, team curation very slowly and very methodically. The first, I would say, draft pick, Dahani. I like that. Was my... Uh, my managing partner, Justin DeFranco, who started with me at Washington Fine Properties 11 years ago. We started at the exact same time. And, uh, and we shared, uh, there was a, a dividing wall between our office. I was on one side and he was on the other side. And, you know, I always, we, we didn't really talk that much because I always had my head down. As I told you, it was always just working. I wasn't really sitting by the water cooler. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, when I quickly, kind of uh, went from mentee to sales associate to major salesperson, you know, on, on a, on a, on a team that was, you know, broadly recognized within that firm. Um, and then decided that I wanted to move my business to TTR Sotheby's international realty. The first person I called was Justin because I recognized in him a level of commitment and drive. That's just rare. You know, Justin is the kind of guy like me who, you know, I mean, there is no end to the work day, right? Mm-hmm. We work seven days a week, no matter where I am, I'm always checking in. I'm always taking the important calls. I'm always listening to the concerns. I'm always available, no matter where I am. Um, so Justin matched me on that front. We built this business together. And um, so right now we've got 10 folks that work on our team. And, and what makes our team composition different is that the majority of the Hyder team is comprised of specialty uh, assistant positions. We have multiple full-time in-house marketing folks. We have a COO who's just dedicated to our business operations, right? We have we have a a client care coordinator. We've got a, our executive our executive uh, assistant Sam. Um, you know, we we we've, we've got a really incredible net of people that support us on the back end so that we can do the things that are most important, you know, like taking this podcast with you or, or, or showing up and really being present at a showing where it really counts. You know, we're not, we're not this team 
of just, you know, a bunch of salespeople all crammed in an office together, sharing our sales numbers, right? To me, that's not really a team. What we provide is just a completely different universe of, of services. And how does your team approach a $200,000 house and how do they approach a $45 million house? With the same regard to that client's investment as, you know, as, as, as we would, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same level of care because, you know, for us back to the, that sort of grounding principle of relationships, you don't know where your next client is coming from. You know, I've heard this, I've, I've heard this, this term that somebody used, a developer used, and, it, and, it, and it's, it, I think it's important. He goes, you know, Danny, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not a hog. I'm just long-term greedy. And this was off the, the, the sales of a, of a convert or off the tails of a conversation that I had where I was saying, you know, you put so much into your developments, right? You don't just go to Home Depot and buy the cheapest thing. And you really care. You, you, you really invest in these spaces and people feel that. And, you know, why do you do that in a market that's so robust and people just pay for anything? I'm just curious to know. And he said, you know, I'm long-term greedy, meaning that a lot of the folks that end up buying this particular developer's properties mm. end up hiring him to custom build down the road, right? It's like setting, doing people right, right? Doing people right. When, when, when folks have a great experience, they talk. And when they have a bad experience, they talk even more. And so we want people talking all day long about what they've experienced with us, and um, and how that's made a you know a meaningful impact on their on their 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 transition. You know, it's like the hotel that goes the extra step when you're staying there. You know, you may stay at a a nice hotel, but when you you know have your shirt ironed, your shirt comes back, and there are collar stays that are branded with the you know the the, the hotel's name, and it's in a nice bag, and it's delivered with care, and it's like. Yes, the commodity of the hotel is great, but it's all those little extras that really leave a real lasting impression. So whether it's getting a client a, a, a reservation last minute at Le Diplomat on a Friday night at eight o'clock. I'll or, take it. Yeah, I got you, Dahani. Call me anytime. <laughs> <I'll take> it. <laughs> it, we'll do it. But I, but I think it's also you've been incredibly successful. We've said that multiple times. And it's true. That long term relationship no longer is transactional. It's transformational. And the profit that you're able to garner as a result of it, you're not only able to invest in yourself, but you're able to reinvest in your clients. And I think for you, one of the most amazing things about you is your philanthropic, you know, ways in the DC area, right? And taking some of those relationships over the time and placing some of that capital in places like End Street Village, DC Central Kitchen and St. Jude's Children Research Hospital and, and you know and so many others. Talk a little bit about your your charity work and why giving back to the community is so important to you. Well, you know, I grew up at the the hands of very earnest people. You know, my mom was a hairdresser and a secretary, and my dad worked for the federal government. And you know, they did a really good job of providing a framework to me that let me know that what I had was really exceptional, right? Mm. And education, a loving family, food, happiness, toys, you know, all of those things that, that, that we tend to take for granted. And 
I don't know. I just I, I was lucky to have grown up with that framework that 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 my parents really gave me and my family gave me. And so paying it forward is just a non-negotiable. You know, I mean, when you when you we are so fortunate to be able to call this job, you know, our lives. And so, you know, I I feel like I'm in a dream every single day that I get to work with people that I genuinely care about and uh, and help them through something as meaningful as as, you know, buying or selling a property. And then at the end of the day, you know, our our fee for that, uh, you know, gets to be, you know, in a portion repurposed into helping people who, you know, um, really need it. And so mm-hmm. I'm always open for ideas and ways to, to, to support the community. It, it, it's, uh, I don't know. I think that you, you hollow lives are started by not keeping in mind people who, who really need your help. And I always feel my best. I mean, it literally contributes to my steam, my, my locomotive, the reason why we work hard, the reason why we continue to invest in this, the reason why we continue to wake up every single day, seven days a week and work on our vacations because it, it makes me feel good to, to, to be able to, 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 to impact people that, 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 that can really use it. Hollow lives. You said hollow lives are started when you, when you only think really about yourself. Fulfilled lives are when you're helping others. Absolutely. And you've helped so many people along, along the way. And you've made you know, the D.C. area a better place. Um, so you know, we always like to... And the, the Pathfinders by talking about uh, meals and deals. So mm. you mentioned the diplomat in DC area, right? Which is your favorite celebration of a winning deal, right? Mm. Whether you go to a restaurant, a bar, a party or people, I, I kind of have my idea of what it might be, but I want to know, you know, where do you like to celebrate? We make it a point to, to break bread with our, our, you know, our clients after we do something significant. And, and I'll tell you, you know, that always changes. There's never, it's never just one restaurant. It's like, you know, there's more thought that goes into it. So, mm. you know, I've got a client, I'll give you a, I'll give you an example. I have a VIP global client who just purchased a home from us yesterday. That was our own listing. It was a private listing in Great Falls for $10.5 million. And, and, and this, the, the, the seller, it, ten and I a sold half million? it. $10.5 million. I sold it to this. I sold it to the seller a year ago for 7 million. Okay. So I've got this, I've got two very important (laughs) friends of mine. All right. That, that, that are involved in this mega transaction. It went to settlement yesterday that brought them together. They're friends. We're all friends. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, what are we going to do? So there's this new place that just opened up. Zuma basically has opened in DC and it's, it's called Shoto and uh, it's, beautiful and there's a dj and it's just like a fun celebratory environment and Dahani, you know what it may be difficult to get in so if you need you know need need an extra nudge you know i got you because we always take care of our clients well that's the thing about hider they have that white glove service the concierge mentality it's about long-term relationship building it's not transactional it's about relationships and you've given us an amazing breadth of understanding of not only your business, but how you can too transform your life from delivering breakfast to delivering happiness to so many people around the DC area. So I just want to say thank you, Danny, for, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. 
It's amazing to see the work that you're doing in the residential real estate market. And for everybody else, I hope you were able to learn something about how Hyder's team really came together and is investing in deal making from a whole new angle. If you're enjoying the Pathfinders, please make sure to leave a review so more people can find the show. Until next time, I'm Dahani Jones, and this has been the Pathfinders presented by Ansarada. <laughs>